I am Carrie. And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking with inspiration from our favorite books, movies, and TV. Today we are talking about City of Ghosts and Candyman. So we both chose appropriately spooky topics. And I just realized we can't say that second title four more times. Oh, yeah. Like, we're done talking about it. Yeah. In fact, (laughs) (laughs) we'll get more into it later, but we may not say it's Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, the aforementioned aforementioned film. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to run any risks. (laughs) But first. Yeah. But first, before we get into our spooky subjects, it is Tasty Time, where we talk about what's going on in fiction food. Tasty Time. All right, so it is October. We do have continuing themes of the month. Can you believe it's it's half over already? I'm so mad! I know, I've been waiting all year, and it feels like it's flying by. But we did get our first, like, little taste of, like, cooler weather, you know? So Now it's hot where I am now. Oh, really? It was cooling off, and now it's hot. It's like, uh, it's hot. Well, I'm glad that you got some coolness. Yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. So who knows? Like, yeah, I've I've had Halloweens where it has been like freezing, and we're like wearing coats and sweaters and stuff, and other ones that I've been wearing like short sleeves and been fine. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> never know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, but we shall the see. month of unexpected. <laughs> but yeah, continuing this month, it is hashtag Grim Grub where. Everyone is cooking. It's um, hosted by All Roads Lead to the Kitchen, and everybody's cooking um, Grimm's Fairy Tale meals. And she is also over at Food and Flicks. It is the Princess and the Frog. Yes, and it's and the Grim Grub is double M. Like, mm, I, I don't know if we mentioned that before, but I think a lot of times I see people write it just with one M. But it's oh two, yeah, it's two M's, guys. Yeah, brothers, <laughs> so, brothers Grimm. <laughs> Mm, yeah. Should be like three or four M's for just yeah. like, mm. <laughs> Especially if we're Extra talking about yummy. food, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, and we've mentioned, so we've mentioned that before, um, the, the Grim Grub. Uh, and another thing we've mentioned before is, but we want to give another shout out because it's closer, is the Fallout Cookbook by Victoria Rosenthal over at Pixelated Provisions. Uh, and it's kind of cool. So it comes out October 23rd, which like in the Fallout Universe games, October 23rd is the, well, 2077 <laughs> is the, the Great War. It was when that happens. So that's kind of like a, a cool release date. Oh, that is. Yeah. Yeah. I Very cool. And that's, and that's like a precursor for the, the cookbook. Is like a precursor for the release of the new Fallout 76 game, which is coming November 14th. So, so if you're going to do like a party for the Fallout 76, you can get the cookbook and get, prepare some in-world dishes. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then that same day or earlier, if you, <laughs> according to Amazon, maybe... <laughs> Yeah, sources um, <laughs> unclear, but like around that yeah. time. <laughs> around that time. Uh, the Geeky Chef is having a third cookbook come out. Or I don't know what you call it, a cookbook. It's a drinks, a drinks book. So the Geeky yeah. Chef, uh, is Cassandra Reader and geekychef.com. Uh, and she has 
the Geeky Chef cookbook, The Geeky Chef Strikes Back, and then this new one. The release date is October 23rd. Amazon kind of says the 16th as well, so meh. But this is a drinks, a drink concoction book, and it's alcoholic and non-alcoholic, which is nice. And so, like, Game of Thrones, Legend of Zelda, Star Trek, Harry Potter, so just all kinds of drinks inspired by fiction. So it sounds like a lot of fun. I know, it does sound fun. Yeah. Yeah, I have the first Geeky Chef cookbook. Yeah, me too. Very cool. And then you and I were, were just talking about, so this is kind of like a follow-up. We mentioned some of the fall premieres last episode, and the, whoa, now I forgot the title. The Curious the Curious. Of, I was like, what's the adjective? <laughs> the Crazy Curious. Of Christine McConnell. <laughs> yeah. On it is delightful. So I've seen the first three episodes. Like, I'm loving it. The girls are loving it. They've been watching it. It's adorable. It's like all I wanted. Yeah, she's she's like hashtag goals for me. I want to be like a <laughs> just yeah. live in a spooky it, it house and laugh, make baked goods all day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, they're they're thirty minute episodes, and there are only six of them so far. So you're halfway done. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, there are only six, and <laughs> but yeah, there are only six, uh, and super Halloweeny. I mean, yeah, really great, and it, it does. Like it, you said you watched it with your kids. Like it does look like a kids show kind of, but it also has like some adult a bit of, humor yeah, that adult the kids might not it. get. Like it, it just right. depend, you know. Yeah, but there's yeah. jokes that will probably <laughs> fly over their heads, but yeah, like <laughs> be forewarned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's very cute, and I didn't realize that it's um, it's Jim Henson is where those yeah, like Brian, are Brian coming Henson, from. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, we kind of talked about last time it having, like, a Pee-wee's Playhouse feel, but it definitely has, like, that. Yeah, it's, like, Adam's Family, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Yeah, like. (laughs) And it's fun because, like, she does food, but she also does, like, decor, like, a couple other things, too, that aren't. Yeah, it's, like, she does, like, a sewing project. Yeah, I saw um, in one article a description calling it, like, a cross between Tim Burton and Martha Stewart. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's delightful. Much recommend. Yeah. All right. So, let's get into our own spooky topics. Yes. We're going first this week. So, I'm talking about City of Ghosts, a book by Victoria Schwab. So this is a new middle grade book. So middle grade, uh, I've probably mentioned it before, but usually the target audience is like 8 through 12 or 13. Uh, and so, but like, I love these books. And this is another book, just like um, a couple of episodes, uh, pre- prior episodes, um, I talked about Night Books, another middle grade kind of spooky book, and I got that in the Alcrate Junior subscription box. This is I'm not an advertisement, but I this is <laughs> <laughs> the City of Ghosts was also <laughs> I also got in my Alcrate in my uh September Alcrate. So like it's a really fun subscription service if you like if you're like me and you like middle grade, like if you like young books for like a little bit younger than YA audience. Anyway, <laughs> that said, so, so, and some of you might be familiar with Victoria Schwab. She also goes by V.E. Schwab. Uh, so she, she uses that, uh, moniker when she is writing adult books. 
So uh, some of you might know her from the the Shades of Magic series. Also, she just had a book released called Vengeful, which is a sequel to Vicious. Uh, and that's like superhero, I mean, kind of like, well, super villains, I guess. And then the other one is fantasy. So she, and then she also has young adult books like uh, the Monsters of Verity series and the Near Witch, which was actually her first published book in 2011. You might like that. It's like, it's kind of folkloric feeling and very creepy. Ooh. Um, Yeah. So she has many... Uh, many different genres and age groups. Um, so The City of Ghosts is the first book in a series. I think the series is just going to be called Cassidy Blake after the main character. So this is book one. And book two, just FYI, will take place in Paris. And Ooh. it's all about ghosts, like haunted places. So she's done a lot of research on like haunted like real life haunted places. Not, yeah, I mean, she, no, I love that. Mm-hmm. I went to um, college in Charleston, you know, so there's like a ton of ghosts there. And then I've gone on ghost tours in like Savannah. I love like, you know, haunted, mm-hmm. haunted places and hearing those ghost stories. Yeah. So this was published through Scholastic um, August 28th. And it's kind of fun because I guess because it's Scholastic, she was able to drop a ton of Harry Potter references. <gasps> so like that, that's kind of fun. <laughs> it's like totally sprinkled throughout the book because uh, the main character loves Harry Potter. Of um, course. And so Victoria Schwab, she like lives part of the time in Edinburgh, Scotland. So the setting for this book is Edinburgh, Scotland. I'm just going to read her uh, summary of the book uh, because that's, I guess, kind of like how I did for night books in the prior- previous episode. Like that's the safe kind of <laughs> Uh huh. In authors' um, own words, yeah. Yeah, this is what she said. This is the story of a girl named Cassidy who almost drowns, and a ghost boy named Jacob who saves her life. But now she's not entirely alive, and he's not all dead, and things are getting pretty strange. When Cassidy's parents land a job hosting a TV show on the most haunted cities in the world. Cass finds her world turned upside down, and she doesn't intend to stay behind, and the first stop is Scotland. When they get there, Cass discovers a haunted city, a ghost hunter named Lara, and a spirit who wants to steal Cass's life. Dun, dun, dun. So for the main plot, um, the main like bad guy spirit, that is a haunting story that the author created for the book. So that part, the main... like ghost plot isn't a real haunting story but all the other it's kind of cool so like even in the beginning of the book there's a map of edinburgh that that shows like the places that the main character goes and so if you were to take this book with you to edinburgh you could like follow it oh how fun yeah yeah, you could go to actual locations yeah so she goes to Mary King's Close and Royal, the Royal Mile and Southbridge and Greyfriars Kirkyard and Grass Market and Edinburgh Castle. So all of these places in real life have hauntings. Uh, and she mentions some other, other hauntings too, like the Mackenzie Poltergeist and these two guys, Burke and Hare, who were like body snatchers, 
Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. I've read so many, even middle grade books or so, several um, in recent couple months that kind of have this, it's like 1800s uh, and this is the body snatchers because this is a real thing that people would do, which was the medical students and institutions needed cadavers to do medical learning on and stuff and research. Yeah, I've read about this. Yeah. Yeah. And people, and so they were, there would be body snatchers or grave diggers who would dig up recently deceased. Well, because their bodies were getting harder to come by. And so Mm -hmm. they would resort, people would resort to digging up bodies and then selling them to these um, hospitals or medical research places. Um, But the, these two guys, Burke and Hare, they were like, well, let's just get them super fresh. And so they went on a killing spree of murdering people and then selling those bodies. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah that is extra fresh. Yes. <laughs> super fresh. It's like, pick your lobster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, but then, but then they got caught and then uh, one of them ratted out the other and they got hung and stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, like, that's mentioned. And then uh, I mentioned Mary King's Close uh, is is mentioned in there and and that's a that's actually a site that the main character goes to and that was that's kind of like a buried it's like a buried city almost that you can take tours like it's a it's been excavated and um you you can take tours there in real life and it was a place of like plague victims and uh but it was kind of covered up uh because just because of like new uh new buildings going up um but in a close means it's just like a bunch of like alleyways, like buildings that mm-hmm. were like super close together. So okay. yeah, so it's kind of like a labyrinth almost of of these mostly buried streets and like alleys. Yeah, and then and then they go to like the the dungeons in Edinburgh Castle and and then Grass Market, which looks like a really nice sunny square with like shops around it looks really nice but then it was actually the place of mass executions and like (laughs) it's like well it seems such a really nice place but then in in, like reality the history of it is like not not at all yeah and then black black um gray fry i was gonna say black fries nope that's shakespeare (laughs) gray fries uh kirkyard which is a churchyard so a graveyard that's a main, a big part of the story. And like so many, many, many people were uh, actually on my birthday in 1679. There there was like a big, well, they weren't all killing that day, but so it was like um, (laughs) uh, when Scotland, basically when they're trying to do like a national religion, anyone who was against that, they all got rounded up. Um, That was on my birthday. They, they all got rounded up and then put, um, there was like a battle and stuff and they got put in, imprisoned in the, gra- in a graveyard basically. And then, mm-hmm. um, after a while, most of those people were killed, like 18,000 people, um, were killed by this guy. Oh my God. Uh, named Mackenzie. And so it, it was interesting. This is kind of a more recent thing. Uh, well, so that was in the like late 1600s. But then in 1998, that's when these hauntings of this, they call it the Mackenzie Poltergeist. Because uh, McKen- Mackenzie okay. was the, the guy who was like the official, the government official who was like in charge of imprisoning these people mm-hmm. and, and killing them. 
Anyway, but like in 1998, that's when these hauntings started happening. Like a homeless man disrupted, like was trying to do some grave robbing or something at the mausoleum that this mm-hmm. guy was kept at. So he like just desecrated the mausoleum. And then ever since then, tons of people, like hundreds of people are like, have, have had these experiences of a pol- like poltergeist, like getting hurt, like physically hurt. And yeah. Anyway, but it's interesting that it was actually kind of a newer thing. Yeah. So it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. For 300 years. So I guess, I guess mausoleums or crypts, they do their job and until they're disturbed. And then (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's the lesson that we learn. Don't Mm -hmm. disturb graves. Yeah. Because then the ghosts can get out. Yeah. Rest in peace. Not disturbance. Yes. That's right. Uh, so anyway, I just thought it might be interesting to mention a few of those things because uh, it, it was kind of cool. Like, like she mentioned stuff, and then it was kind of cool to like Google and just like read up more about it. Um, these these places. So now I'll get into the food. Yes, the best part. Yeah. So I really like uh, Victoria Schwab's writing style because it's not like rosy prose or whatever. Like it's. It's it, like gets to the point and it's really easy to get into. And she doesn't put in like a ton of food, but when she does, she like, she, do, she like actually mentions it. It's not just like everybody has stew or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like there's actual meaning behind, like they're like meaningful food scenes. And, but also they're not gratuitous. Like, anyway, it's really she's nice. not, she's not George R. R. Martining up on everything. Yeah. So I'll just, I'm going to mention the foods in the book um, and like maybe just read the sentence that they're a part of so you can kind of get a flavor of the, the tone of the story. A flavor of the tone? Yeah, okay. a, a flavor, <laughs> or, I should say, that's we're done. A flavor of the story or a tone of yes. the story. Either. <laughs> oh no, I was just saying flavor because, you know. I know, I know. Food it just, tone. Anyway. It, just, <laughs> it, it happened. It just happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the tone of the book through the food. It's Meatloaf Thursday, I think. Careful not to answer out loud. I'd rather face the ghosts. So, it starts out where the character, the main character Cassidy, is in school. And she feels the tap, tap, tap of a ghost nearby. So, she'd rather check out ghosts than eat the... Poor Meatloaf. Yeah, Meatloaf gets a bad rap. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that bad. But maybe school Meatloaf. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, school meatloaf. Mm. <laughs> Maybe that's the question. That's part. a different. That's a different beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My stomach growls from missing lunch. So she, yeah, she did go see the ghost and not eat the meatloaf. My stomach growls from missing lunch. So I duck past mom's study into the kitchen and make a PB plus B plus CC, aka peanut butter, banana, and chocolate chips. A.K.A. the best sandwich in the world, no matter what (laughs) Jacob says. And remember, Jacob is her goose best friend. Mm -hmm. I think he's just jealous he can't eat it. I shove half in my mouth, put the rest in the fridge for later, and head upstairs. So I'll I'll revisit that when I talk about um, the foods, the recipes that I want to make, that I'm going to revisit that. The, Mm. The PB... B C C. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a fresh 
pasta pizza on the table, which is another bad sign. Pasta pizza, also known as marinara sauce, meatballs, and cheese on a garlic bread crust, is my favorite food, and mom and dad only order it from Dino's on special occasions or when something really bad has happened. Oh. It's confusing the way parents do that. There should be good news food and bad news food, so you know what you're in for. <laughs> <laughs> So that and that's another one that I'm going to talk about later. Uh, and and like I and I so I love these the way that the food is is just you know laid out. It's like and this and this and this. Like it's just very it makes it very real real life feeling. Um, but also it makes me wonder like is this the author's favorite stuff? Like yeah, is she putting it like like where was this like... inspiration from? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this detail's coming from a real place. Yeah. Yeah, or like just is there a friend that they know that like likes that kind of that food? Um so then Cassidy and her parents go to Edinburgh, Scotland for uh this TV show that her parents are doing. And the TV show is called The Inspectors. So like Spectre, like ghost kind of Spectre. Mm, and okay. but it's a play a play on in, to like an inspector who researches stuff so it's kind of yeah no i like it very clever yeah so then this is one of the first experiences that cassidy has when she gets into in edinburgh uh the place that they're staying is like a little apartment uh and mrs weathershire is the the lady who runs the this little uh flat house biscuits mrs weathershire offers passing me a plate of what are definitely cookies she can call them whatever she wants so long as i can help myself so there's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of that was like, and it and, and it resurfaces about the the difference of like what Amer the American word for something and the mm -hmm. like British word for something. So like that's her first experience with that though that difference. I see. Um, but it but it comes it resurfaces. Yeah, these are clearly them. cookies. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of I hope this is okay. Um, this is kind of a long passage, but I. I, I like I like this. I thought it would be kind of a cool one to share. I open the carton and stare down at the contents. A giant piece of fried fish sits on top of a sea of oversized french fries. I look up, confused. These aren't chips. Sure they are, says Mom with a devious grin, and I realize this is yet another one of those things that got lost in translation. Um, no, I insist. These are fries. Chips come in a bag. Ah, here, those kinds of chips are called crisps. <laughs> it's official. Nothing is safe. I look around, peering under the stacks of napkins. What about ketchup? At this point, Mom informs me that there is no ketchup because the whole thing's been covered in salt and vinegar. The scent filling the room is a weird combo of fried food, good, and vinegar, a thing that I'm pretty sure does not go on food. <laughs> when I was a kid, I loved salt and vinegar chips. Those were my absolute favorite. So... I'm not. Oh, me there. too. Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I know. Yeah. I'm a. I I'm an offensive flavor fan. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. And I really want fish and chips right now. <laughs> I know. I know. When I was and they have it several times in the book. So, like, but this is kind of kind of cool because this is like her first experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to rebel when mom scoops up a chip fry, a chip slash fry, she's, <laughs> and holds it toward my face. Come on, Cass. She prompts. Just try it. If you hate it, we'll order pizza. With my luck, pizza is the British word for octopus. <laughs> I, I wrinkle my nose. Scaredy cat teases Jacob from his place on the sofa, which isn't fair because it's not like he has to taste it. 
I accept the thick chip from mom and take a cautious bite. My mouth fills with warm potato and salt. The bite of the vinegar, weird but refreshing against the oil of the fries. It's unlike anything I've ever tasted, and it's totally delicious. Isn't that great? That's like that wonderful. Whole, that's like a page and a half dedicated to that experience. But it like yeah, yeah, that's her but first it's like, like cultural experience, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then this I I won't read this part, but this is kind of cool. There's a character who um. So the the lady, the proprietor of the place that they're staying, her husband passed away like maybe eight years uh, before eight years ago, uh, and then the guide. That is the Scottish guy that is taking them around the city, uh, the the film crew and her parents. Uh, he was like really close friends with that that husband that passed away, and at one point, the main character and the the tour guide are like at a pub, um, and the parents are the, and the film crew are like um, off to the side doing something. Anyway, and so the the tour guide gets two pints of beer and sits one in the empty space next to him and the main character is like, Oh, what's what's that for? And and he said, Well, my friend used to love coming here and so and I would always buy the first round of drinks, so so basically it was like his that's just his way of kind of honoring that memory of his friend. It was like buying buying an extra pint of beer to just like sit Aww, at the table yeah. with him. Yeah. So that was thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, that's nice. A big basket of fries, I mean chips, comes to the table. I douse them in vinegar and pop one into my mouth. Findlay chuckles. We'll make a local of you yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's just a little further along in the book, and there she's already dousing her own chips yeah. with vinegar. <laughs> she's a vinegar fan now. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. That kind of like coming back around that she's like yeah. warming, up, warming up to the place. Exactly. It's like it, it's symbolic of her like yeah, starting yeah. to fit in and get used to it. Nice. I like it. And then there's hot chocolate from a kiosk on the street and then um the, the other uh another character gets tea. So, that's those are the foods in there, but I thought so so it's not many, but Yeah, sparse but meaningful were, like you said. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. Uh, and then, so I have not made a recipe yet because I still need to go to the, oh yeah, come to, to, get the, come to the dark side. <laughs> well, even the recipe in the, the previous recipe is like, I've made them all, but I just haven't <laughs> sat down to type them up. So it's I like, know. I'm I might as you. well have not even done that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's the bane. It's like, I love creating things. Like, I love getting into the kitchen and making stuff, and then I'll, like, do the photo shoot and all that. But then I have, like, 200 photographs that I have to go through, and I'm like, no. And then <laughs> I have to, like, sit at the becomes, computer and type, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it becomes daunting very quickly. Yes. Yeah, I know. And then it just sits for a year, you know, <laughs> or more. <laughs> I have recipes that I like to... Anyway, that's a tangent. So for this book... <laughs> but the struggle is real, guys. It is. It is. is. Real. <laughs> so for this book, the two things that stood out to me, and I, I mentioned them. So the banana, peanut butter, and chocolate chip sandwich, that stood out to me. And then the meatball, marinara, and garlic bread. Oh, man. That sounds pizza. good, too. 
Well, because I've already done fish and chips. Of, co- of course, that's the, like I totally want to eat that, but like I already did fish and chips for for the graveyard, graveyard book, right? Book. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I was, was, it, was that yes. lat? Well, a couple years ago, probably. That was like two years ago. Yeah, I know because we had that like year break, but also <laughs> took a year off. But yeah. yeah, but that yeah, another quite Britishy book. Of course, there were fish and chips in it, so. Yeah, the quintessential, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but, but, like, I want to do, so you could totally just, like, if you're doing a book club or something like that, or reading this book, um, you could totally just do a straight up sandwich, like, like the character does. Um, but I was like, well, how can I make it more like a recipe? Like, yeah, like a twist. And so I was thinking, a cake, but it's a white bread cake. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> okay, this is sounds crazy. So, yeah, I, like, tell I've, me more. I'm I've pretty much like written up the recipe. Like, I have I have my notes, and like mm-hmm. I just have to get the ingredients and then make it and do for anyway. So, <laughs> six pieces of fluffy white bread. Okay, cut the crusts off so you've got some just like puffy white bread clouds, like little squares, and then you. So you do layer, you do layering. So you put yeah, two this squares. Yeah, kind of like I, I made an mm-hmm. apple charlotte and it, it, yeah, this is how you make oh, it. Oh, oh, is okay. Cool. Yeah, with like, like of years bread, ago, yeah. years ago, I, but I, I don't know what years ago I saw, I think it was like a Japanese food video or something mm-hmm. where it was like, well, because they in, in Japan, um, Oh, I mean, I've seen in relation to uh, Japan, like the strawberry and whipped cream, white bread, kind of like cakey sandwiches. I don't know if you Okay, yeah, yeah. I've seen that too. So I've had that in, I had that in my head, like that image is what popped into my head. So, so basically like kind of that idea, but with peanut butter, but peanut butter mixed with whipped cream. Ooh, that sounds good. Like light light and fluffy. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And then banana slices. But, like, kind of dip them in uh, some, like, pineapple juice or orange juice mm-hmm. um, so that they won't go brown Okay. as quickly. Anyway, but, yeah, so just basically layering it. So you'll have, like, two slices of white bread and then smear on some of the peanut butter uh, Cool Whip and then lay on banana slice like dipped uh, citrus dipped banana slices sprinkle on some mini m and uh, mini m ms no <laughs> mini <laughs> chocolate chips there we go <laughs> i've got the mm, it's still in my head from grim <laughs> <laughs> so, mini chocolate chips and then just keep layering it like that and then wrap it in plastic wrap and then pop it in the fridge for an hour or so so it can kind of like set and become more of a cohesive cake uh, and then slice it up. And you can decorate the top, you know, if you want to, like, get out your piping bag or whatever and p- pipe on some peanut butter whip on the top or whatever. Make it more cakey looking. But anyway, mm-hmm. but th- there you go. Like, it's pretty pretty simple. Um, yeah, that sounds then, delightful. And then the uh, meatball marinara garlic bread thing. Like I, So that's, like, a sweet thing. And then the savory. This would be the savory thing. Uh, but, like, a pe- pizza dough to make some homemade meatballs and then get pizza dough like just from a roll or whatever you can make your own uh and then segment it out uh into equal 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 size pieces uh make them into balls roll them out into little discs kind of like you're making tiny pizzas 
Put a little marinara sauce in the center, a little bit of shredded cheese, and plop the meatball down, and then close up the dough around the meatball. So you're making kind of like a little bun. Yeah, like pizza pocket. <laughs> yeah, like a, like a pizza roll kind of like. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be like a little round, a little round bun shape, and then brush it with melted butter, garlic, salt. Put some sprinkled more cheese on it, and then bake them. And you can like put them together in the pan so that you can like tear them away when they're done. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And then dip it. You know, have like marinara dipping sauce if you want. But basically, yeah, you bite into it, and you got your meatball marinara. So I thought that was kind of. Oh Might man, a, that sounds a fun good. twist on what <laughs> yeah. she had in the book. Yeah. So those are my ideas. I'm gonna make them both. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> like next year I'll post the recipe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh, hopefully not. But <laughs> but I was thinking because those are kind of like easy-ish and uh, might be kind of fun for. Like if you do a book club with this book or, or yeah, something. totally, and you could yeah. have them as part of the same meal because that seems like yeah, it goes well together. Yeah. <laughs> so that so that's that. I recommend this book, but you don't have to take my word for it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> you did say it would make a, a good addition to like the spooky children's library that I'm building, so I'm making a yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think this will be really great, and I'm excited. Like I'm looking forward to it being a series. Because, like, like this book, it, it does have a good ending. Like, it wraps up the story mm-hmm. of Edinburgh, Scotland, like, her time in Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, but then it also, like, lays open, kind of opens the door for a couple of other mysteries about some of the characters. And, and it, you know, and we know that they're going to be moving on to another haunted city uh, because of the nature of... Like mm-hmm. her parents' new job and stuff, uh, which is the TV show Haunted City TV show. Yeah, um, I like the I like the premise because yeah, that that yeah. has some good possibilities. Yeah, yeah, the story's not convoluted at all. Like it's it's really nice and refreshing. Like her writing is not convoluted, but also the story itself mm-hmm. is straightforward. We're, we're, so yeah. it's like uncluttered. It's it's wraps up nice. Neatly. Yeah, uh, and then and then as I said, book two will be in Paris. So there are some really, like, big places, like, full of death there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, historical places. So that'll be kind of... Yeah, get in those interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's that. (laughs) Excellent. So so now it's time to talk about... Yeah. The the other that shall not be named. Well, I guess we can say it. We can can say it a couple more times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to turn the spookiness up a notch. We started off light. We're going to turn it up and talk about Candyman. Okay, that's two. The 1992 (laughs) slasher, supernatural slasher, directed by Bernard Rose and starring Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd. So... This movie, um, my first memory of this movie is as a child in Blockbuster, and I was too (laughs) young to see it, and it terrified me. And so I always had it in my head as this just, like, kind of classic, but kind of just generic 90s 
slasher because there were like a lot around that time, I guess. Yeah. But um, when I saw it more recently, I'm like, oh my gosh, this movie is like really good. <laughs> so, um, so I I watched it like several years ago, and um, then just watched it again last night, so I'd be fresh on it for um talking about it now. Yeah, and it's a really great film. It's based on a short story called The Forbidden, um, which is part of the Books of Blood by Clive Barker. And changed quite a bit, I think, um, to be made into this movie because I think the, the short story, um, he's British, so it takes place in Liverpool, but the movie takes place in Chicago, um, in, in the, um, Cabrini Green housing projects in particular. And so I think in the, in the short story, the, there's definitely some, like, classist elements, but then, like, in the American one, there's, like, the extra, um, layer of, like, like racial tensions and, and that mm-hmm. on top of the classism. So let's see, I'll give a basic overview, and it is about Helen, who is a graduate student, and she's researching urban legends, and she hears about this urban legend of the Candyman. Okay, I've said it twice now. There's no mirrors. Wait, wait, so that's three times total. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I'll try not to say it again. Do our computer screens, do our computer screens oh, I know. as reflective our, surfaces, right? Oh like, man, I know. Like that's that's difficult. Okay, I'm not okay. gonna don't, I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna test it there. Yeah, so she hears about this um person <laughs> and um yeah, there's quite a bit of urban legend around him. Um and she decides to do her thesis on how the people who live in Cabrini Green kind of use this legend in their everyday lives. Like this is like the scary person that mothers tell their kids about to get them to behave. And then there's all these unsolved murders of women because of course these are like lower class black women, so they're not being investigated. So like they're kind of like blamed on this shadowy figure. And also like there's a like local gang leader who takes on the name to make himself like, you know, scary. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so the actual legend, like the um, the origin of it, comes from the, this figure. Sorry, I keep wanting to say it, but I'm like scared to you now. <laughs> I, know, I know. Well, you know how I feel about scary things. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so he was the son of a son of a slave, but it's after the Civil War. So he actually grew up in polite society, but. Um, when he fathers a child with a white woman, he's attacked, his hands cut off, a hook is shoved in the bloody stump, um, they cover him in honey, and he's, like, stung to death by bees, and his ashes are um, scattered over the Cabrini Green area, where he now haunts. And so to summon him, you say his name in the mirror five times, which Helen brazenly and foolishly does. And I'm like, typical white woman. Like, she has no fear, <laughs> just goes barreling into this place like she doesn't have like the I don't know like she doesn't feel the fear like these people do you know so it's kind of um interesting how they do that because even like even just talking about it like joking about it we've been joking about it this week like I'm not saying it in the mirror five times like that's scary as hell Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not I'm Mm -hmm. not risking it you know like I mean I guess it's fictional but like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna test this (laughs) I have I have memories of slumber parties Yes. From the, ni- from the 90s. The, yes, that and Bloody Mary. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a good slumber party game, for sure. Beetlejuice, um, I wasn't afraid to say Beetlejuice three yeah, times. Yeah, Beetlejuice, yeah, this is like the Because I grew scarier, up with the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, like, Beetlejuice is kind of, like, funny and tongue-in-cheek, and this is, like, terrifying. So you yeah. don't want to mess with this one. This one is very scary. Um, yeah, so, so Helen summons him, and then you know, chaos ensues, basically, and just, like, terrible things start happening, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to spoil too much. It's a 
fantastic movie. I much recommend it. It's very scary, so watch it in the daytime. Um, <laughs> but it's a fantastic movie. Um, and just, like, uh, one detail that I read while I was, like, reading up on this. Tony Todd, who, who plays the Candyman. Okay, that's four. All right. <laughs> I'm really like pushing it. <laughs> so he said, um, he said about this, I always wanted to find my own personal Phantom of the Opera. And I thought that was mm. awesome because he is such yeah. like a terrifying character. Like his, his presence is just like, you feel it. He's not like, he's kind of majestic, you know, and like this, mm-hmm. this movie too was scored by Philip Glass. Like it has a really good, um, soundtrack and, and kind of gives it that weight. And so he is like a really good villain. So let's see, as far as food in this, there are a couple dinner scenes, you know, lots of times they're just like, you know, these, these are like intellectuals. They go to college, like a couple of them are graduate students. She's married to a professor. And so, um, you know, like one time she has, um, Bernadette, who's her like research partner over and they're drinking wine. And then they go out to dinner, the two of them with, um, her husband and some other like colleagues and there's more wine drinking and lots of smoking. You know, I think she's very nervous. There is like a good, um, dinner scene where she, like something bad has happened, but she's kind of trying to make the best of it. And so she makes dinner for her husband. And what I like about this is like, she makes pasta and like, I think we talked about it before. I think we talked about it. Um, when we talked about Weetsy Bat, like I feel like pasta was like the quote fancy dinner of the eighties mm-hmm. and, and early nineties. <laughs> and like, yeah. because everybody's low carb now, you'll never catch anybody making pasta for their fancy <laughs> dinner. <laughs> But she makes, like, a good pasta dinner and more red wine. And um, this scene, I think, was, like, important enough that her husband flashes back to it later as, like, a happier time, I guess. Because she's, like, she's preparing dinner and she's, like, really cute in the kitchen. And, like, in the flashback, you can see that she's also made a cake. And, like, she runs to greet him at the door. And, like, she's very adorable. And um, this scene he flashes back to when his... Um, new girlfriend is like moodily preparing dinner. Like she doesn't like, you know, how he's acting. So she's in the dinner, like slamming stuff around. And she's like, I'm going to make a nice dinner for us. And she like grabs a slab of meat out of the, <laughs> out of the fridge and slams it on the counter. And she's like cutting it with this enormous knife and, um, ask him to make a salad. So like the juxtaposition of those two dinner scenes was kind of nice, you know? Mm, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, however... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, why is he named what he is named? Is it because of the honey? I think because of the honey, yeah. They, I, okay. Because, like, yeah, because his father was, like, I think they mentioned in the story was, like, a shoemaker. So, I don't think it's, like, it has okay. anything to do with any, like, profession he had. I think it's just because of the, the bees and the honey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, nice segue, because I, I haven't made my recipe either. Like, last last time was, like, a complete anomaly. I had, like, made my dish in, <laughs> in preparation for this. But this one, I do have a plan. It's a one-ingredient recipe, and yeah. I'm going to make honey taffy. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, so I've read up on how to make this, and I'm like, this will be a great, like, kind of, like, family activity, because the kids are, like, constantly mm-hmm. begging us to make, like, edible slime. So I'm like, oh, I'll make you edible <laughs> slime. I'm going to make this taffy, because, like, there is some, like, kind of work that goes into it. So basically mm-hmm. what you do is just kind of, like, boil honey down so it's nice and thick, you know, it, and get it to, like, whatever temperature on your candy thermometer. And then pour it out onto, like, a parchment-lined, um, like, baking dish. 
and like let it cool down and then you just like pull and stretch and fold and like all the stuff you would do to taffy. So this is where I'm going to get the kids involved and like, you know, here, beat this up. <laughs> so, <laughs> slime yeah. it for me. Yeah. Nice. And then you just roll it into logs and chill it and then you can cut it into candy pieces. Mm-hmm. Easy peas. Yep. So that's my plan. Honey taffy. Nice. And yeah, so I always, I always get nervous when, whenever I have to do anything that has like a technique, you know, cause like this is obviously not complicated as far as ingredients, but there is like, you know, the, the heat that I guess you need to, to get it to and like this and that, but like it didn't seem too difficult. Like this is not the usual kind of stuff I make, but it just seemed like fun and something fun to try. Yeah. I actually made the exact same thing for a Legend of Zelda recipe. So it's oh, not something you. for okay. it's not something for you know our podcast, but um, so yeah, as you're saying, yeah, it's yeah, you like you, it, always the tricky thing is you know with candy and sweets and stuff is the, yeah. Yeah, the, the boiling temperature, like the cooking temperature. Mm-hmm. But as long as you got your candy thermometer, yeah, I did. I did get a candy thermometer when I made um, I made spun sugar for a recipe, and so I had oh, to get yeah. that yeah to like a like a certain. But I ha- that was like two years ago, and I haven't used it since. So like, this is not something I do all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I am a little nervous, but I do have my yeah trusty thermometer. So yeah, and then as and then after you pull it, like as you pull it, and then it incorporates the air. You will just like regular taffy, and then it'll get like pale, like lighter and lighter. So depending on like how much you pull okay. it. Well, I, I like somehow missed your recipe. I'm gonna have to go back because I saw like all your Zel- your Zelda stuff. I don't think I've posted it. On oh, okay. Well. It's for Breath of the Wild because there's honey candy in it. In yeah, the game. yeah. Um, so I made that. It's for the upcoming cookbook. Oh, okay, excellent. That, that we mentioned in the uh, Legend of Zelda episode. Right, right, right. But that's the perfect recipe for this move. Yeah, I thought that would be fun. Yeah. That I will not name. Honey candy. <laughs> I, <was just> I <laughs> know. Don't say it. Myself. Don't say it. <laughs> well, I'm a stare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, a, a very good scene that, like, yeah, he, he's got, like, bees crawling all over him and, like, coming out of his mouth. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've seen some of those images. Doesn't he, like... Yeah, it's very creepy. The kiss. Yes, the kiss of the buzzing bee. The bee kisses. Yeah. You've heard of butterfly kisses. Butterfly well, kisses? Yeah, these are bee are, kisses. Yeah, bee. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that's, especially, like, in your mouth. Oh, that's, like, terrifying <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, crawling on you is bad enough, but, ooh. Yeah, quite creepy. So, Tony Todd, I, uh, I remember him, like, not specifically, but I remember him as an actor, being in, like, a lot of shows that I watched, like, in the 90s and, and more, like, guest appearances and stuff. Oh, okay. Like, what so, else has he been in? Like, I think he's been in, like, there was, like, a Babylon 5 something, and, like, he was in The Crow, even. Oh, okay. And, like... Just like a lot, like I feel like kind of like random. I know, like I'm on IMDb right now, and his page is like a mile long. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you're right. He has done like appearances on like all kinds of stuff. But he's done a lot of horror stuff too. Uh, I mean, not that I have seen him in that, but that's that's what I learned about him. Um, is that yeah? Like I guess he's he's been in a ton. But yeah, the X Files. Yeah, I'm, I'm like looking at his Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> but MacGyver, you know, so like these yeah, yeah, like, like random shows from the an appearance the 90s here, appearance there, yeah. But yeah, like so, so his his face, I'm like, yes, I know that guy. Like, 
Yeah. So he's pretty yeah. prolific, yeah, with his TV and movie appearances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess so. Also to mention, um, yeah, the reason I chose to do this is like one, it's a really good movie and it's October. So, but also it is kind of um, like timely because Jordan Peelson talks to remake this movie. Which I think would be amazing, you know, like after seeing Get Out and like just like seeing, yeah, this with his touch on it, I think would be really cool. And you informed me beforehand that um, Screen Factory has a special edition of Candyman coming out on November 20th. With- oh my god, I saw it! Oh no! <laughs> now, is this a situation where our fear is going to will something to happen? I don't or... know. I I literally have chills right now. I can't believe I just did that. What an idiot. Okay. Like I first need to of turn all, some lights on and stuff. First of all, a computer a computer screen is not a mirror. I'm just going to put my foot down now. Like that's that's not a thing. I guess symbolically it is. If he was sneaking up behind me right now, I wouldn't be able to see. So I think that I, I have yeah. a wall behind me. Okay, let's yeah, same. Okay, 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 let's finish, let's finish up. Yeah, we'll we'll check in later. Still alive. Our hourly updates. Yeah, by Skype. Um, <laughs> so there is a special. Oh my goodness, there is a special edition coming out with all kinds of like interviews and audio commentary with the director and yeah, so like all kinds of stuff coming out. Um, November twentieth from Screen Factory, and nice. that's all I have to say about that. I'm done talking about this movie. Because I don't want to like swivel. <laughs> Are you in a swivel chair? You can like swivel so you're like half, so you can like I'm, see. The- I'm sitting on the floor of my son's bedroom because that's where I record. Because uh, it's up in the corner yeah. of the house. You can like turn yourself so you can like. See. Yeah, I, I know. I've got my back to I the know. wall. I'm like next to a corner, and yeah. I'm in a dark room, so I'm like mm. <laughs> creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope that the legend is consecutive, like. No other words in the middle of saying the name. Yeah, I think so because yeah, or We've else because I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure I've said it many times over my lifetime. But like, yeah, you have to say it like back yeah. to back. That yeah, that's definitely true. That's um, what we're saying. That's <laughs> it's not like within a 24 hour period. No, it has to actually be. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. I think you're right about that. We're saying it. Protect, protected. Yeah. Okay, we're good. So there are, t- yeah, there are sequels to this, but I've heard they're unwatchable garbage. So like, maybe skip those. But this is definitely worth watching. Yeah. All right. So we will put recipes when we eventually make them, as well as links to anything we talked about on our website at fictionkitchenpodcast.com. And you can find us on Twitter at fkpod and Instagram at fictionkitchenpodcast. Yeah, maybe check on us to make sure we're still tweeting. Yeah, send us <laughs> send us a, a comment or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> Go catch you. Well, hopefully we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.